The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome to the Big Blue Big Board Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined by Chris Flum, and we are here to bring you another episode diving into some NFL draft and college football previews for the week. The Giants right now, as we talk, are 3-8 and eight after a disappointing loss to the Philadelphia Eagles this keeps them in the number five slot for the draft. Um, obviously, there's still a lot that can change over the last couple weeks of the season. But right now, they sit at fifth overall. Football Outsiders has them with a 40.6% chance at a top five pick. Uh, those are the fifth highest odds. While that's still you know below 50%, the team below them is actually Jacksonville, who only has a 25.1% chance. So the Giants are are looking good. I don't know if good is the right word to put there for a top five pick, uh, but they look likely to land in the top five. I guess whether that's good or not depends on your perspective, I guess. Um, And they still have a 1.2% chance of the top overall pick. Right now, the favorite there is San Francisco at 45%, Arizona at 29.8%, and then Oakland at 19.5%. So it probably looks like one of those three is going to be the top pick. But the Giants still high up there. And that is, you know, kind of something that has not changed uh, lately. We can say the Giants might have played better a little bit in some games, but uh, but even even those wins haven't really taken them out from getting a very high pick in this draft. So today we're going to jump back into our positional previews, and we are going to talk about safeties, which should be a position the Giants look very closely at uh, through free agency and the draft. So you ready to talk some safeties today, Chris? Kind of, sort of. I should just say the personal policy of mine, I try not to form too many really solid opinions on defensive backs and especially safeties until after the NFL scouting combine. And that's the only position group I hold that for, except maybe edge with the explosive numbers, mostly because of the uh, TV angles make it hard to get a good look at these guys and get a good look at how they, how they move. 
So I, I like to be able to watch them in isolation at the combine. But other than that, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, so that's that's one thing we talked about with Edge, and that's something I'm, I'm definitely big on is getting those those combine numbers and the the explosiveness numbers to really see how these guys are going to translate. Safety is safety is something similar, especially if we're talking about guys who are going to be on the back end and potentially as like as single high safeties and guys who are going to have to have some range and, and cover a bit. There's definitely instincts that go in there, which you can see off the tape. But if the guys are, are testing slow, that is not going to be a good thing. And yeah, like you said, right now we're, we're looking at cut-ups and things of TV broadcasts while we're looking at these guys. And that is not the greatest way, admittedly, to, to break down safety play because... For some reason, TV broadcasts still don't believe in putting safeties in the picture, often pre-snap. Uh, so you kind of have to have to guess on what they're doing with how the play ended up. But before we, I guess, get into uh, some specific guys that we might be watching for going forward into this draft season, I think we can take a bit of a look at what the Giants' safety situation is right now uh, and what they might be looking for. So the Giants obviously have Landon Collins at safety, kind of, and there's there's two reasons for the kind of there. This is the last year of his rookie deal, so he will uh, technically be a free agent. The Giants could easily franchise tag him to keep him for another year. They could re-sign him to a long-term deal, and that would keep him around longer, but also in the kind of reasoning, uh, he's been playing a little bit more linebacker the past couple weeks, as as we're now going into week 13. The past two games, he's played a little more linebacker, and James Betcher was famous for the, the moneybacker position where they moved Dion Buchanan in Arizona, who was a safety, to a more of a linebacker role, and he, he kind of played a little bit of a hybrid role between the two. I think we've seen Landon Collins kind of shift more into that role over the past couple weeks, so there's a couple of ways the Giants could go about going at safety. They could continue to just use the single high, which they are doing with Curtis Riley, uh, which uh, is not working out <laughs> not because of the single high, but mostly because Curtis Raleigh is not the type of guy who can handle that position on a play-to-play basis. But they could also, maybe if they do move Collins down to that linebacker, moneybacker role closer to full-time, um, they could use two safeties and have three safeties on the field at the same time. So you could look at maybe more traditional safeties there if you're going to put more of them on the field, um, which might not be a bad idea to get smaller and faster against the modern NFL offenses. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the Giants could look for maybe somebody like Adrian Amos, who they'll get a real good look at this week against Chicago. He would not be a bad candidate if they wanted to go with kind of the moving Landon Collins to a money backer or playing like a uh, three, three, five type three safety look, but they definitely need to start thinking about candidates for free safety. Cause yeah, I already harped on about the importance of the free safety in our last podcast. So I'm not going to go over that again, but uh, Curtis Riley just ain't getting it. Riley is, is definitely interesting because he's just, he's not the type of player who, should be asked to handle 
a single high responsibilities of, of being that center fielder every down, but the Giants don't really have another option, especially if they're going to play Collins in the box more often. But the other thing is, it's very difficult to find someone who can handle a single high responsibilities on just about every play. There are not a lot of game-changing single high safeties. You have the guys you would look at like Earl Thomas, but Earl Thomas is Earl Thomas for a reason because there aren't other players like him usually. Earl Thomas, by the way, coming off an injury, but will be a free agent. So if the Giants do want to really go big on on the single high safety, then you know that's that's the one place to look. But just in terms of the safety position overall, we're in I think a weir- really weird spot in the NFL right now, where there were a bunch of decent ones who were free agents last off season, and. The NFL largely ignored them, whether we want to think it was because Eric Reed was a free agent and that was part of some whole thing where the safety market was depressed because of that. That's probably a whole other conversation, but there were good safeties out on the market and NFL teams just kind of ignored them. You had guys like Reed, who's who's now has been playing pretty well in Carolina. You have a guy like Trey Boston, uh, who was a really good single high safety for the Chargers last year and had to wait a really long time to get signed by Arizona this year. And he was playing real well and then got hurt for a little bit. And then uh, Tyron Matthew had to wait a while and only signed a one-year deal with Houston. And he's played really well in his kind of hybrid slot corner, a nickel safety role. So all three of them, because they only signed one-year deals, are going to be free agents again. So when we look at the overall safety position, it's Definitely an interesting spot where the NFL is, where they kind of said the the position doesn't matter. But I think if you look at offenses and how the deep passes and these big plays are exploding all over the place, the safety position is definitely important to try to stop them. Oh, absolutely! It's 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 always been more important than it's been given credit for. But over the last couple of years, it has become vitally important to have a good safety especially free safety. Yeah, and so, someone who can be on that back end to to break up some plays. And, and whether you're playing too deep with two safeties back or, or single high, uh, you, have to, you have to have someone who can react and force deep balls away from being completed. Even if, like, just look at, this isn't a great example because it shouldn't stop an offense, but when the Giants see, like, a cover two look, they just like throw their hands up and go, oh God, I guess we can't throw deep anymore. As much as that doesn't make sense, sometimes that's the impact having good safeties in deep coverage has. But I think we, if we look at the defense James Betcher runs specifically, uh, I think versatility uh, is definitely going to be big. So uh, he took over when a guy like Deion Buchanan was moved to linebacker, but then they had Tyron Matthew, who they use as a nickel corner, and then and then a, a free safety. Um, they had Antoine Bethay, who they use as more traditional safety, but he played uh, a bunch of single high, and a bunch of those guys were were moving around the defense. You could they could play by the line, they could blitz. James Betcher loves to blitz with defensive backs, and the way the Giants' pass rush has been, they kind of needed that. 
So I think when you look at who can fit in the Giants defense right now and in James Betcher's scheme, I think you'd like to look at the guys who can do a whole bunch of things. So if we do that and we, we go into with some of these specific guys who are likely to be in this year's draft class, I think we start with the guy who's at the top of probably every a safety ranking we're going to see, and it's a guy who can do a couple of different things, and that's Deontay Thompson of Alabama. Oh, yeah, and he could be in the running for the Giants' pick at, right now, fifth overall. You know, he's got the size that Betcher likes in his defensive backs. I mostly see him listed at 6'2", somewhere around 195. He's got range, he can run, and... Coming out of that Alabama defense, you know he's well coached and can recognize an offense and do what you need a free safety to do and get to where he needs to be with a good angle and actually hit, or I should say tackle, not just hit. Right, and he's a guy who has kind of shown he has the instincts, I think the Maybe his, his mental processing a little bit, I think, definitely improved this year, which was his junior season. And if you trust a guy who is learning defensive back under Nick Saban, uh, is not a bad place to have those defensive backs learn. Uh, he's a guy who has been asked to do uh, a decent amount. He's he's played in, in two deep coverage. He's played a single high role. He's done uh, some man coverage up against the line. He's done a, a little bit of a blitzing and and he's a guy who can make plays he has two interceptions this year five pass breakups two forced fumbles so he's a guy who can uh, potentially be all over the field which which is definitely if you're looking at the modern safety that's the type of guy you want oh definitely and that's something Betcher loves to do is show one coverage pre-snap and then change to sometimes a completely different coverage post-snap. And having a guy who can play multiple coverage schemes, who can play the single high, who can play a deep half or a third or come down and play in the slot, that just makes it that much easier to play that style defense because then the offense doesn't quite know, based on where he is, what he's going to, where he's going to be after the ball is snapped. Right, and that's... How safeties, I think, in in the modern game, and especially in a defense like the one Betcher has, where you are going to be um, a safety, probably, hopefully, next to Landon Collins, that's the type of safety you want to be, but that is not necessarily, you know, an easy guy to get. And it's interesting to see, I guess, when when we go back again another year of how the NFL views these guys, there was a guy, Derwin James, who was excellent at this. And he wasn't just versatile. He was incredible at like six different positions on defense. But he slipped to 17th in the draft. Um, so even if a guy like Deontay Thompson uh, is really good, he might not be a guy they're looking for fifth overall. Um, even if he, you know, his impact on the game would be worth it and that's just one of the confusing things about the way front offices are looking at personnel lately it's really strange as we talk about this position because i I think it's just something that's going to hang 
overhead uh, during this entire discussion. And we're definitely going to continue talking about safety through this offseason because the Giants just can't go in with Curtis Riley as a starting safety in next year. So one way or another, that position is going to have to be improved. But just in terms of guys we're going to continue watching, we'll move along to the next guy. And that is going to be uh, Jaquan Johnson out of Miami. Yep, he's another kind of just solid do-it-all safety. I mean, if you've got a DB coming out of Miami and you're talking about him reasonably highly, he's going to be pretty good. I mean, that's just... Even when Miami's been down, they're generally producing good defensive backs, and Miami happens to be on the way back up. So he's not as big as Thompson. Again, listed, I don't know, about six foot 190, which is about average for a free safety. A very productive guy, though. Um, I believe you said you've got the stats on him right in front of you. I don't have him right in front of me, but I do know he's been productive. So this year wasn't, it was a bit of a, a step down from last year. He only played in 10 games. He played 13 in his junior season last year when he had, he had a sack, four interceptions, four passes defensed. Um, one of them returned for a touchdown. He had three forced fumbles this year, just one interception, two forced fumbles, uh, no sacks, just one and a half tackles for loss. But he still could potentially be one of those guys who who is going to make plays. I think he is a type of guy um, from what I've seen and is also a little limited of what I've seen. He can make a play on the ball, but I think he's another guy who likes to play downhill a little more. I mean, he was second on the Miami defense in tackles this season. You know, you don't always want your safety being up there in tackles because that usually means players got to that level. But in terms of, of looking at what he did, he was good at making the play once once it came to him. Yeah, and I believe he led their defense in tackles the year before. But as much as he moves around their defense, that's not like somebody playing 20 yards off the line of scrimmage is the one always making the tackle. If he comes down and is in the tackle box and is making the tackle, that's actually kind of something you would like to see because then he's doing his job. So just moving along a little bit more personally, I like uh, Taylor Rapp out of Washington, which is another school that's kind of making a name for itself producing DBs lately. Okay, cool. I, I think we're going to agree there with Rapp being someone we like. So that's, yeah. that's good to see. For a while, that Washington defense has been fun to watch, and he's a fun guy to watch in that fun defense. It's a smart guy, and which is what you want in a safety. You want somebody who can recognize an offense and get to where he needs to be, which I've said a few times, but it's important. And he comes downhill like a safety and who actually wants to hit and tackle and not just do the old shoulder ram and kind of ole arm tackle as a receiver and running back goes flying by. Personally, I think he could play man or zone. He could do that, come up and play in the slot or play in the deep part of the field. So I think he's got that ver that same kind of versatility. Yeah, he looks like he is a guy who, who can move around a little bit. Um, and if we're going to talk about Giants specific fits 
he could be a guy who's doing that. He, he played a bunch of deep safety. I think it was usually with too deep, but he was also a guy who could charge up. Um, and he was a, quite a good blitzer. He had four sacks on the season. Um, that is quite a lot for a safety. Two guys we've previously talked about had a combined zero sacks of the season. So Rep had four. Uh, he also had five and a half run stuffs, uh, which which is good. He had two interceptions. So he is the type of guy who who can play all around the field. Um, and that is that is what we want. He's a guy who is a good tackler. Uh, he can make those hits. Um, he, um, he, he didn't have a forced fumble this year, but he had a forced fumble in each of the past two seasons. So he is a guy who is, has been able to, to make plays on the ball, seven career interceptions in three years. He, he can blitz. And when you have a guy who has all of those skill sets, that's going to be an asset to a defense. Yeah. And, you know, we can move on to another guy who's got a lot of those, uh, kind of versatile assets. Jawan Thornhill from Virginia. He's played safety and corner, which might particularly appeal to the Giants because they seem to very much value cornerbacks, a cornerback skill set in their free safety. I remember way back when they had moved Dominique Rogers Camardi from, I suppose technically he was the slot corner, but he moved around to full-time free safety and then cut him. But they made a point of moving him to safety first. And then came Curtis Riley. They tried William Gay at safety. I, at times, they'll move Grant Haley back to a safety role. So they seem to really want that kind of, I suppose, coverage ability back in their free safety position. So Thornhill could intrigue there. Right, and if you look at how the NFL is going right now with with offenses so far ahead of defenses, just in terms of schematics and in terms of sometimes athleticism, um, just in terms of big play ability. I think the way you counter that is, I, I think, as kind of random and unreliable as forcing turnovers are, I, I think that might be the way you combat these offenses because the way you can stop them is just by taking the ball away. And Thornhill is is going to be a guy who is able to do that. He had five interceptions this year. He had four last year. So in, in the past three years, he's had 12 interceptions at Virginia. Uh, he had six passes defense this year. He had 12 last year. Uh, so he's definitely a guy who can make plays on the ball. And if you have someone uh, who can cover like that and then can make plays on the ball that might be something that NFL defenses are going to put a more emphasis on as really the one sure way to stop offenses right now just trying to play you know typical coverage uh, is has not been getting the job done no not at all and defenses probably will want to try to put more of an emphasis on having at least one ball ball hawk in their defense to really scare offenses, to really stop offenses. Uh, Again, just this week looking ahead to the Bears, Eddie Jackson was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Month, and no player has had as many defensive touchdowns as him since 2015 over that same period, and he's only been in the league since 2017. Their 
defense as a whole leads the league in takeaways. And it just so happens they've got an excellent defense. And again, that just gives your offense that many more opportunities. Right. And I mean, like, like I said, is turnovers statistically are not something you can rely on, you know, for the game to game. They're, they're not, it's not a, a sticky stat that is really repeatable. It's, it's kind of a luck whether turnovers happen or not. But if you have guys who can increase the chances of turnovers, then I think that that's might gold. Really, yeah, that might really be the way to go. And that's that's probably going to be Thornhill's strength here. We can uh, move on to one more guy who who does have that playmaker ability a, a little bit. And there's another guy who's who's a little more versatile, and that's going to be a Hugo Amadi of Oregon. Yeah, we we won't try his full first name. Hugo or Ugo is fine right now. He's a little bit of a smaller guy compared to some of the other safeties we've looked at or mentioned. And considering how much the Giants in general and James Betcher going back to his time at Arizona has liked larger defensive backs i'm not sure how much being listed at just five nine will impact amadi in the giants estimation and evaluations but he is that playmaker back there uh really quick breaking on routes he can identify and break routes break on routes and zone coverage and he i think he also has the feet and hips to maybe play a little bit of slot and actually stick with receivers running backs he might be he might be too short to really be able to deal with a tight end though which of course is a concern for the Giants that would be something they have to figure out I mean when you look at uh, Amadi a lot of his snaps have come kind of playing in the slot and being more I, I I'm not going to compare him to Tyron Matthew but in the Tyron Matthew role where he's more of a, you know, a, a hybrid, you know, slot corner, you know, nickel safety. I think that a lot has been his role in college. He can play deep, which, which is good. But I, I think where he does excel is in coverage. And that is obviously going to be a good thing. Three interceptions this year, seven pass breakups. He also had one and a half sacks, so he can be moved around and move up to the line. So he's a guy, though, yeah, he is listed at 5'9", at 5'10", five, five, but again, that's I don't I don't think that's a killer if, if you can play well and you have ball skills. Oh, we see Grant Haley right now is only 5'9 for the Giants. You know, Tyron Matthew, as you talk about, is, is only 5'9. Um, so these are the type of guys who, if they play physical enough and they have the type of uh, aggressiveness that can get them to the ball, being small is, is not exactly something that's going to be a killer or should disqualify them from playing well against bigger NFL receivers. No, definitely not, especially if they test out well at the combine and can play bigger than they measure. You know, between their physicality, their movement skills, uh, foot quickness, hip fluidity, that sort of thing, and also just the ability to go up and high point the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all, all of those things are, are going to, to play a role, and we'll, we'll continue to see how that develops. So I, I think on a lot of lists, those those are probably going to be around the top five 
guys, but I know there, there's one more guy you uh, kind of like who you think we should keep an eye on. Yeah, we've already mentioned Josh Allen, the linebacker edge out of Kentucky. If you're watching him, watch behind him, Mike Edwards. He's an intriguing guy to me. I think he could be a sleeper, maybe maybe find himself moving up draft boards over the course of the process or be one of those late round picks who, you know, a day three pick who winds up more or less coming out of nowhere, as some people like to say, and carving out a decent role for himself on the defense, maybe even getting into a starting spot. He's not a fantastic athlete, but he's a very smart safety. He doesn't show his hand early in coverage. He is very assignment sound. Those are the type of things if you're not going to you know, be uh, a great athlete, uh, if, you, if you have the instincts and, and you're able to, to process at a high level, those are going to, to be the type of things that, that get you going. And that is the type of thing I think that's, that's going to, to push him through and, and keep him in the minds of general managers around the league. I mean, he has seven run stuff, so he can, he can get in the the running game um, and and make some plays at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he had six pass breakups this year, two interceptions, and a forced fumble. Um, so he's a guy who again can can make some plays around the ball. And so he's someone to keep an eye on uh, as we go forward. Um, so that is our brief safety breakdown. Obviously, like all these other positions, we are going to dive in more as uh, the college season ends and. Um, the NFL season turns into draft season. We're almost there at this point. The college season is is almost over. And, I mean, for the Giants, it's basically draft season now, uh, even though they have a couple games left. It has been left. for a while. <laughs> they have a couple games left to play. So this is a championship weekend for, for college football. A couple of guys who we talked about today are, are going to be playing. This is going to be posting on Friday, so of Friday night, uh, if you're able to listen to this beforehand at 8 o'clock, you got the, the Pac-12 championship. Uh, Washington is hosting Utah, so you can see Taylor Rapp there. Once we get past that, is there any championship games you are going to be more focused on, Chris, this weekend? Well, obviously the SEC championship, Alabama at Georgia. Then you'll have, well, Alabama, just their whole team, just usual advice, just watch all of them. But specifically to this podcast, you'd have Deontay Thompson to watch. Also, uh, on Georgia, there's a safety J.R. Reed. He was coming into the year considered possibly the one of the top safeties in the country, but he kind of – he's taken a step back he didn't have the year people were, were really expecting from him but then again that's why eddie jackson slipped in the draft he took a step back his final year and it hurt him but then he's obviously rebounded in the nfl so reed might be a guy to watch as well and just for the fun of it texas at oklahoma because oklahoma's just fun they hopefully don't really some, play defense, but they're fun. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully some concepts uh, offensively that, that you'll see in the NFL, um, at least from smart teams. Uh, who knows if that <laughs> is going to include the Giants or not. 
Man, I'm just staring at the AAC championship game and UCF and just man, a moment of silence for Mackenzie Milton. That, as someone who has probably been, been more invested in Mackenzie Milton's production, probably outside of the Milton His family, family <laughs> whew, when I saw that injury, that, that hit me uh, hard. So I'm glad to see he is uh, somewhat recovering. Apparently it's going to be a long recovery process. The family put out a statement that like just during the week blood flow returns to his leg um, so that is a very scary injury uh, absolutely hoping for the best for him regardless of football yes, yes. <laughs> and regardless of football hopefully he has recovery but if he does if he is able to recover and get back on the field luckily he's only a junior so he does have a senior year if he can get back on the field but obviously regardless of football hoping for the best and and luckily, the it seems like the, the surgeons were able to get in there uh, as quickly as possible, and yeah, and and save the leg. He is going to need reconstructive knee surgery in the future, so that's not even something they've done yet. Um, so really scary injury, and uh, the, absolutely uh, hoping for the best uh, for him. But yeah, just and then, you know, I'll, I'll say, uh, just in terms. Are you of, going to the Mountain West? <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll probably go there. I mean, luckily, these games are all of these games on Saturday are spread out pretty well. I mean, you have Alabama, Georgia at four, and then the Mountain West game doesn't start until 745. So that's uh, Fresno State and Boise State. We previewed that game a couple weeks ago when that happened in the regular season. They're playing again. That'll be Brett Rippon uh, against a really good uh, Fresno State pass defense. You know, you got Clemson and Pittsburgh, if you want to watch that defensive line. And then at eight, also Ohio State, Northwestern. You know, Northwestern's not going to excite really anyone being in that game. But it's a chance to see some of these guys on Ohio State. And uh, if we look at quarterbacks, you know, Dwayne Haskins might be a guy... Who, who is going to be be looked at as, as one of the top guys just because there's not a lot of options. There's a lot of other playmakers all over that team uh, that are going to be worth watching. Definitely. You know, even without Nick Bosa, Ohio State is pretty stacked. And starting to see Dwayne Haskins get mentioned as a possible draft pick for the Giants, assuming he comes out, he still has eligibility left. So that's not set in stone that he will but could be worth watching anyway that might be a better game than clemson pittsburgh clemson will probably just savage pittsburgh ohio state's probably going to do the same to northwestern you i mean would think i mean obviously that purdue game happened (laughs) to ohio state um but (laughs) luckily if so don't let the mountain west championship game turn you off if Clemson Pittsburgh is bad and Northwestern Ohio State is bad, Boise State Fresno State is not going to be bad. That's probably going to be fun to watch. So that starts at 7:45 when those other two games start at eight. So uh, don't feel like you have to watch the major programs. Uh, Boise State and Fresno State are both in the top 25, so it, it's okay to just watch that game. Uh, that's that's fine. That it should be a good dessert to Alabama Georgia, which. It's the one pretty much everybody, unless they have a rooting interest in one of the schools, is going to care about this weekend. So we are going to end this show there. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow 
Big Blue View on Twitter at Big Blue View. Please read our work at BigBlueView.com. Follow Big Blue View on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View. You can follow me on Twitter at Dampazuda. You can follow Chris on Twitter at RaptorMKII. We will be back on Monday breaking down the Giants and Bears game. So thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.